0: So sorry, I guess I messed up completely and I uh, apologize profoundly uh, because I think that I was still thinking for some stupid reason that I am in uh, Hungary, which I was up until yesterday. So I wanted to tell you guys that we're not going to do a class next week because in England at six o'clock, it's very difficult for me because I'm teaching so i was right but i canceled last week next week not this week so again if anybody's out there and thank you for persisting and um, send me some messages Uh, but i was in a reading so i couldn't stop it a reading with the person actually here in edinburgh so uh, i again apologize definitely this has never happened to us but again it makes sense that it will happen once or twice So we'll go just right into it. Uh, And I'm also going to, of course, send you everything. I think I'm recording it. Yes. And um, it's not even Mercury retrograde. I have absolutely nobody to blame. Uh, The fault, dear Brutus, is in you, not the stars. But what you could look in the chart, if you look at some reasons why, maybe, I don't know, uh, is because we look at this. We have a sun, zero, zero degrees Aquarius. And we are having Pluto, zero, zero degrees Aquarius. So literally Pluto, the Lord of Death and Resurrection, is on top of the sun. Both of them, like we talked last week, is moving into um, Aquarius. And look at this. Pluto is zero, zero degrees, zero, zero degrees like literally zero zero degrees zero zero degrees minutes of Aquarius, the sign of transformation about communities and people and groups. So I did prepare stuff for you. I just didn't think that I will do it an hour later. So those that have survived, thank you very much for uh, keeping the flame going and for letting me know that I uh, messed up. So I will definitely send all of you guys the recording. So anyway. What well, do we have this week, besides me being terribly late and not doing what I'm supposed to do? We have, first of all, the moon now is in Gemini. The moon is going to be in Gemini today. The moon is Gemini tomorrow. Uh, the moon in Gemini is splitting yourself very much. You know, that's what I did, split myself between uh, Central Europe to uh, Western Europe. It's all because of Brexit. You see, if England would still be part of Europe, then I wouldn't make that mistake. But because Britain is not part of Europe, I still probably subconsciously wanted it to be part of Europe and therefore I still kept on. But that's all nonsense. But anyway, We have the sun on top of Pluto and it feels uh, for everybody that we're like in Scorpio mode because whenever you have in your chart the sun sitting on any kind of planet, whatever sign that planet rules is like um, you have that sign. So, for example, in your chart, if you have the sun on top of Venus, it makes you almost like a Taurus, almost like a Libra. If you're sun on top of Saturn, it doesn't matter if it's in Leo, if it is on Saturn, it feels like you're kind of a Leo that is really a Capricorn. So when the sun is on top of Pluto yesterday, today, even tomorrow, it does feel like everybody's a little bit more stingy, a little bit more Scorpio-ish. So... If you are feeling a little bit more uh, intense, more passionate, more sexual, but more also magical, if you're encountering a lot of wizards and witches, which, of course, for me walking in the streets in Edinburgh, I meet them all the time. It is totally makes sense. Now, the sun on top of Pluto, again, uh, zero, 0, degrees. We've talked about it so many times here that when we have in astrology zero, 0, degrees, it does talk about the pure essence of the sign. It's like when you cross the border to a new uh, country and suddenly you are completely... Am I doing these scratches? Oh, my God. I just realized I'm scratching this table. Never mind. Um, it feels like uh, the pure essence of that sign. And in, in the case of uh, Pluto being zero zero degrees in Scorpio and it's going to be in, in uh, Aquarius and it's going to be there for a while. It's Pluto in the most profound element of the Aquarian energy. And that's going to lead us throughout this year, because even though Pluto is going to move a little bit up, Away from that zero, zero degrees, it's going to put to one degrees, two degrees. It's going to go back, back to that zero degrees. Then it's going to pass into Capricorn a little bit, like we said, September until November. Then it's going to move again in November to zero, zero degrees. This whole year is Pluto zero, zero degrees Aquarius. So again, very strong energy that has to do with the pure force of Aquarius, which is all about a revolution. It's all about power to the people. Now, it's also interesting today uh, when I was recording this little video that I put on Instagram, I was thinking, you know, I'm a little bit terrified, not a little bit, but I guess you can say little terrified because it doesn't make sense. I'm very terrified from what's going to be in the election in the United States because it does look terribly uh, possible for Trump to be elected again. So then I thought, okay, maybe there is a way to explain Pluto in Capricorn returning to the election in the United States in a different way. Well, it is tilting again. Pluto is power. It's moving from about September 19, 20 to Capricorn until November 20th. Then it's moving back into Aquarius. So the fact that the election are going to take place uh, during the Pluto in Capricorn gives much more power to the conservative, to the past, to ancient energy, to older people. And then I thought, wait a minute, the two contender to the presidency in the United States are people that you can really consider old and call them old people without actually hurting them because they they 're old you know they 're oldest I think a uh, couple that are uh, trying to become presidents, I think in the history of the United States, so that could explain why there is so much power struggles pluto around Capricorn, and even if you think about um, the more um, even in the Democratic Party, maybe Biden represents something that is more the traditional and less the new Aquarian vibe of uh, a, the democracy, democr- Democrats. You know, and actually um, we can look at it like that. But that's trying to be a little bit more, um, trying to escape the inevitable in a way. But let's see, of course. But it is going to be interesting this year because. I think I mentioned it in the book. I'm not sure if, this, if I did, but I did mention it here that more than half of the population of, of, the, of the world is going to vote this year. Some of them, it's, it's you know, a, a, a sham democracy, you can call it, like Russia. So yes, they're going to go to election, but they don't have any choice. Election of one person, it's not really free will. It's like telling Adam and Eve, hey, you have uh, the tree of uh, life, you can eat from it. OK, um, there is no choice there. So that's the thing with some of the election around the world. Some of the elections are kind of so-so, maybe democratic, like the one in Mexico. And um, some of them are free elections. So we have India, Pakistan, Bangladesh. We have Indonesia. We have so many countries, Russia, United States that are going through election and that's 4.2 billion people and that's precisely Pluto in Aquarius power to the people and who knows maybe some of these places that are uh, not considered to be democratic or so democratic maybe the election will actually steer up something and the people will make surprises because Pluto to zero zero degrees Aquarius which is going to guide us throughout this year is full of surprises. Why? Because Uranus is the ruler of Aquarius. And remember, we talked about Uranus as being the awakener and also being very much connected with unpredictability and unexpected energy. So that could definitely be a part of what we're experiencing. But anyway, this week, Sunday, we have Mars guiding us very well. Uh, Mars is in his sign of exaltation in Capricorn. Uh, That is really good. And remember, we talked about it last week that Mars is heading to a trine with Uranus. That's actually really good. And that's going to be happening this week. And that basically puts together, trine is always a good connection between Mars, exalted, action, movement, um, being able to be very grounded, very physical, but it's Mars guided by uh, the the general. So there is a direction to uh, the action. And Uranus in Taurus is very much about technology, innovation, scientific breakthrough. So there could be something interesting happening this week in that respect. So the biggest thing this week is definitely Mars and Uranus trining. Another thing that's happening this week, which is kind of interesting, Venus is going to move away from Sagittarius, um, which... Venus in Sagittarius is fine, but it means that relationships are all over the place into Capricorn, which is more grounded, again, more focused, and there is more strategy around money and your talents and your self-worth. And we're going to have a big emphasis in Capricorn because we have Venus, Mercury, and Mars this week in Capricorn. We have Jupiter and Uranus in Taurus, so we have a week which is very grounded, very Earth-oriented, even though Pluto betrayed Earth and moved into the skies. So tomorrow... Like we said, the moon is still in uh, Gemini and she does seem like she's going to be a little bit more void of course. So uh, pay a little bit attention tomorrow, Monday. The moon is void of course, so it's not always a good time to start things. So just be a little bit more mindful about that. Um, The moon in Gemini just means that, again, anything to do with communication, marketing, sales, networking, ideas that are downloaded for you. Uh, But you can start seeing the trine between Mars and Uranus getting tighter. And Mercury, because Mercury is faster than Mars, he's now 10 degrees Capricorn. He needs to be a few more degrees to add to that trine. So we're going to have this week Mercury and Mars conjunct. That means that you have to really be careful what you're saying because the power behind your words are going to be very strong. And especially because you're going to find yourself saying things you didn't really mean to say. It's kind of like came out of me. A lot of slip of tongues, you can say, Uh, because Mercury and Mars are again going to be trying Uranus, which means that sometimes you're going to say things that are brilliant, but maybe not in the right time. So just be a little bit more mindful of communication. Again, the moon is going to make a big shift on January 23rd. So in January, um, in, um, January 23rd, We're going to have the moon moving into Cancer and the moon is going to be opposite to Jupiter, sorry, opposite to Venus, opposite to Mercury, opposite to Mars. So it could be a little bit of a struggle between what I want to say and what I want to feel. So thoughts and feelings are going to be a little bit confused. And because Mars is going to be opposite to the moon on Tuesday, there's going to be an instinct to fight, an instinct to, uh, for aggression. So just pay it a little pay a little bit more attention there. And again, that Mercury-Mars is going to be tying their conjunction towards the end of the week. Uh, but you see that immediately in Tuesday, Venus is moving into Capricorn. And that is sending us a beautiful energy to Jupiter. So another thing that's happening towards the second part of the week is the beautiful trine between Venus and Jupiter. And that is great because when Jupiter and Venus are doing any good aspect together, they're creating luck, they're creating fortune, they're creating good vibes. So it's definitely gonna be a good thing towards the end of the week also. So the end of the second part of the week is a lot of things are getting done. You're meeting a lot of interesting people, especially people who Are older than you, or people that you might have known in past lifetimes. So, again, second part of the week, be a little bit more careful what you're saying because your words are going to be carried much faster. There is also an awakening of ideas, awakening of connection to uh, uh, new businesses, new way of looking at life in general. So that's going to be great. And the moon in Cancer is just a little bit more emotional on Tuesday and also in Wednesday. So Wednesday, we also have a little bit of an opposition between the moon and Mars, the moon in Mercury. But it's override by the fact that we have such a beautiful trine between Mars and Mercury and uh, Uranus and also between Venus and Jupiter it's a lot of the planets are actually hanging out in a really nice way even Mercury is sending a trine to the unloved Lilith Uh, so again even if Lilith is trying to do anything bad it turned out to be really good against even her will Uh, because if you look at uh, Black Moon Lilith she's getting great energy from Uranus great energy from Jupiter great energy from um, Mercury very good energy from Mars it's almost as if everything she's trying to harm us somehow be hums really really good and she's pissed at that or maybe she's kind of uh rehabilitated for a few days maybe somebody injected some kind of goodness to her which immediately will go away uh, after uh, a few uh, days but still we can enjoy no resistance and no negativity for a while And also, the moon is sending a beautiful energy to trine. That's why if you look at the zoom, uh, if you're you're getting the zoom or later on when you get the zoom um, version, you'll be able to see triangles and triangles and triangles forming towards the end of the week. So that is, again, very, very positive flow. We have a change of energy in uh, January 25 because January 25, we have the full moon in Leo. And the full moon in Leo is actually the opposite or the shadow, you can say, of the full moon of love that's going to happen in, usually it happens in um, late July, August. That's the biblical day of love. So you can say that this is the astrological Valentine days in uh, January 25. So January 25, Thursday, there is something ending, uh, some kind of a conclusion of a period and an opening of something new. The only thing is that the sun and Jupiter are squaring. So just be careful not to be overdoing or doing too much. Not only the moon is opposite to the sun, but also we have that um, uh, Jupiter and that Pluto squaring so that's not always the easiest. It feels like we're overdoing, trying too much. So again, just chill out. The moon is um, getting in opposition to the sun, opposition to Pluto. Again, there could be some power struggles, especially between family members. So just to be a little bit more careful about it, we'll talk about the Sabian symbol in a second. But as you can see, Mercury and Mars are connecting very strongly. The conjunction is definitely happening Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And that just means that power of the word, you know, Mercury is communication. Capricorn is actually giving it a certain kind of structure and a strategy. And because it's on top of Mars, strategy for conquest. So if there's something you want to conquer, something you want to bring to life, that's really going to be great, especially because Mars is going to be, again, trining Uranus for the next uh, week or so. So that's really positive. Um, The other thing that's happening on that full moon is, yeah, the uh, the square between Jupiter and the moon. So it's just over-emotional. So just be a little bit more aware that if you're starting to be a little bit too over um, emotional, that uh, don't take it personally. The moon is shifting energy in um, Friday. In January 26, we have still the moon in Leo, but it's sending a beautiful trine to the North Node and to Chiron. A lot of healing that is done at that time especially women healers could be very positive for you. Uh, Female healers, there is Vesta sending great energy to Chiron, a lot of healing of home and family uh, issues. And the North Node sending good energy to uh, the moon just talks about meeting people that you might have had a a relationship of a family in a past life. So there could be some family-oriented relationship opening up. The only thing is Uranus, is stationary. That's happening Uh, on uh, Friday and it's happening on Saturday and then Uranus is going to be going direct which is great because until now it was retrograding going backward so not only we're going to have the trine of Mars and Uranus closing up very strongly end of this week beginning of next week it's going to get even tighter and faster because Uranus is going to go direct but Friday and Saturday, there could be a little bit more unpredictable energy. Your computers, you might be feeling as if they're stuck or it's like a little Mercury retrograde going on. Uh, So again, just to be a little bit more aware, Uranus stationary, it means that there is a lot of um, uh, ideas. There's a lot of download of uh, uh, ideas, of of, uh, insights, an awakening in a sense, even financial, uh, thinking about new original way of looking at finance. But It's going to be drifting away after, especially on um, uh, Sunday. And uh, Venus, again, sending beautiful energy to Jupiter. That's going to continue Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So that's really good. That's a lot of connection to new people, uh, newer, uh, new even organizations around you. The moon in Leo continues on Saturday, January 27th. And it's going to be sending, again, very healing energies towards the North Node, a lot of uh, journeys to past life. It's interesting. We're actually going to have I'm going to have a class of past lifetime regression there in London if you happen to be there uh, because it's only in person. And that's the conjunction of Mercury and Mars. So Mercury and Mars are going to be conjunct on um January 27 it's a Saturday just watch your communication but at the same time beautiful trine towards uranus even if he's kind of stuck uh, mars and mercury are going to be activating him and on January 28 on Sunday the moon is going to move into virgo so it's going to be more about a uh, diet health nutrition but still beautiful trine to Jupiter, great time to spend with home and family, great trine to Venus. So what we have on next Sunday is a beautiful golden trine between Venus and Jupiter and the moon. So pay attention next Sunday. Actually, even though we don't have the class, it's going to work really, really well. It's going to have a good energy to it. We're going to continue because we're not going to talk next week. um, And then we're going to have... Uh, on monday january 29 the moon is still in virgo she's still sending a great trine to mercury to mars to uranus and uranus is going direct so all of that very very positive monday is a great day to push things. monday i'm talking about january twenty-nine to push things forward, to make things happen. It's really good energy, especially around technology, innovation, doing things in a community, in groups. Great time, January 29, beautiful flowing energy. Again, it's really rare to have so many planets sending such good vibe to each other. Um, There's not that much uh, squares going on. There's much more trines. So definitely things are shifting for the better next Monday, January 29. And then on January 30th, it's a Tuesday, the moon is shifting into Libra, which is great because the sun is in Aquarius. So in Tuesday, we're going to have a beautiful trine between the sun and the moon, feeling satisfied, feeling like you're connected. Um, We're going to still have that very beautiful trine between Mars and Uranus going on, especially because Uranus is going forward. So Uranus was retrograde for like a few months. It was holding back a lot of scientific discoveries. And suddenly now from uh, the end of January, you're going to see things pushing forward very strongly. Not only because Uranus is moving in direct and Uranus is scientific exploration, technology, friendships, new friends are going to come back into your life. So that's, again, really positive. But uh, if you look at the chart, you see that there is absolutely no retrogrades. I wonder how long it's going to last. Let me push it forward just to see how long we have no retrogrades going on. Uh, I don't know if we can keep it going until April when Mercury is going direct. But at least in February, if you're planning to give birth to anybody in February, that's great. There's no retrogrades. Your baby is going to be completely going forward. Um, Still moving forward to see when we have the first retrograde appearing. Maybe it will be... um, Mercury, because Mercury in the 3rd or 4th of April is supposed to go retrograde. We're now already in March 22 and there is no retrograde. That is great. Last year was the same thing. We had until March no retrograde. And oopla, yeah. April 2nd, we are losing it. Uh, No, April 1st, Fool's Day. Yeah, April 1st, we're going to have the first retrograde. So we're going to have from next week. Uh, February, March, yeah, two months of no retrograde, which is really great. So the fir- the, the year is going to move much better compared to before because we had at the end of last year it was terrible. There was a lot of retrogrades and that was causing a lot of mayhem. So if you go back to um, January twenty nine, like I told you, that's when the last of the retrogrades uh, is done. No, sorry, the January twenty, uh, January twenty eight we're having everybody direct everybody's going forward everybody's pushing forward all the archetypes are head-on great so from sunday january 28 it's moving forward like we said tuesday the moon is in libra the moon of justice the moon of peace that's a great day for making spiritual decisions decisions that uh, are going to be very important in your life for the future And uh, because you can make decisions because there's no retrograde, that's also great. Even Chiron is not retrograde. uh, The only thing is Vesta, but it's an asteroid, so it's not a big deal. Uh, February 1st, we have uh, the moon still in Libra, and she's squaring Mercury. So there could be misunderstanding, miscommunication, a little Mercury retrograde there, kind of. So Thursday, February 1st, might not be the best day to make uh, big decisions, uh, things are changing on February 2nd. The moon is moving into Scorpio, sending a beautiful vibe to Venus. New connection to people, um, a partners meeting, uh, great energy in that sense. Uh, Venus, Mercury and Mars are still in uh, Capricorn. We have 50% of the chart in Earth, uh, another 30% in water. So Friday, next Friday, February 2nd, very connected to water energy and interestingly on saturday february 3rd we're having uh, the moon in scorpio it's a little bit squaring the sun so there could be lack of satisfaction at that time but the moon and minerva are going to be in scorpio a great deal of transformation a great deal of wisdom is channeled down so that's really positive and also the moon is sending great energy again to neptune a lot of dreams and connection to um um your insights, a lot of intuition, gut feeling, that's going to continue. And February 4th, with all due, if everything goes well, I am going to be in Bulgaria, so it's going to be 8 p.m. Yeah, yeah, eh, it's going to be the right time. So, yeah, I'll be here again with the help of the good Lord. A few things I wanted to uh, mention eh, that, eh, I wanted, that I looked into. First of all, yeah. I just made a big sign for myself: no class next week. I didn't plan it for this week, no class. But that's it. Um, we talked about January twenty-five. It's five fifty-three in London time. The actual, um, uh, the actual full moon in Leo. And full moon in Leo means that there could be some opposition between love or children and your community or friendships or companies. Maybe your company would want you to do something, but your kids or your lover would want something different. Or maybe a a friend would want you to do something that you don't feel like you're loving it, you're not vibing with it. And overall, the Sabian symbol is an old-fashioned woman. And an up-to-date girl. Up-to-date girl sounds terrible. It's almost like a program. Uh, we're talking about two robots, so like an old robot and a younger robot. But really, uh, the I think it might mean that there is two energies or two feminine energies that are there. One of them is a little bit outdated. The other one needs to be upgraded. But maybe it's some kind of conflict between two parts of your feminine energy. Or maybe literally you're going to be stuck between a younger or an older um, woman. But like we said, the moon being opposite to Pluto can be a little bit manipulative power struggle. So try not to make people feel what you feel. Just talk about it, say things, you know, especially because Mercury on top of Mars, we don't want any conflict and wars uh, around uh, that full moon. But again, full moon always represents an end, a completion of something. So that is um, kind of important. And then I was reading today something interesting, an article that was in uh, the Washington Post. And we know here in astrology, we talked about it quite a lot. And especially now that Aquarius is the sign of humanity. It's also the sign of technology, AI, uh, cyber technology, or let's say uh, cyborgs, humans that are computers, and also aliens. You know, that's the archetype of Aquarius. But really, Aquarius is considered to be the water bearer, the, the humanity, and maybe the idea behind Aquarius being water bears is that the first cities were created in Mesopotamia, the land between the two rivers, maybe because a water bear and Aquarius could recognize the fact that I'm sick and tired of bearing water with my buckets. Maybe I'll build canals and that allowed humanity to escape the flooding. And the beginning of domesticating plants. So there could be something about that, uh, the ability to channel the water. Or maybe part of being human is the ability to channel feelings, you know, the ability to control your feelings and not to be uh, too reactive. And anyway, Aquarius equals humanity in astrology. And I was reading this article that they now understand scientifically why there is more and more. Um, Feeling of opposition, especially with politics, because don't forget Aquarius is also the sign of government. So they say in the article that people are instinctively prone to group identification, which totally makes sense because humanity is Aquarius and Aquarius is all about groups and community. And a from... And from um, Liliana Mason, she's a political scientist of John Hopkins University and an author of Uncivil Agreement How Politics Became Our Identity. She says, We wouldn't have civilization if we didn't create groups. Okay, that's totally astrologically correct. We are designed to form groups. Yeah, humanity equals Aquarius. And the only way to define a group. is there has to be someone who's not in it, which is, okay, this is when it gets complicated. So according to what scientists have discovered is that it's great. You have a group, you feel connected. And part of that connection is saying, these people are not part of my group. These people do not belong. Uh, Our group is better. Otherwise, I should go with them. And we're not going to let them in because our group is what gives me my identity. And if you threaten my group, you threaten my identity, you threaten me. So the tendency to form tightly knit groups has roots in evolution, according to experts in political psychology. So in 1954, there was a social psychologist, um, Muzaffar Sarif, and he took 22 Boy, boy Scouts. It's a very famous uh, I even studied that in astro- in uh, psychology, when I studied in university. He took 22 Boy Scouts. It's kind of interesting. 22 is the number of the Major Arcana and the number of Hebrew alphabet. But I'm sure it's not that's why he chose it. And separated them into two groups, like in soccer, 11 and 11. The uh, two groups uh, camping at some um, state park in Oklahoma. Only after a week did they learn. Okay, each one of the groups did they learn that there is another group at the end of the of the end of the uh, campground? So they just were a group for a week, finding their own connection, creating their network, and all that, becoming an Aquarian group, right? That's kind of a, a little metaphor for humanity. But suddenly they were told that there was the Neanderthal or another group of uh, um, Homo sapiens over the hill, okay. So when they next, uh, what they did next fascinated the research team because each group developed irrational contempt to the other group. They were not told anything about the other group, but they started developing an old myth about the other group. The boys in the other group were seen not just as rivals, because nobody told them that there is scarce resources or anything, but it was immediately downloaded that these are our rivals, but as fundamentally flawed human beings. And think about how much we hear that in politics about the other group, right, the other party. Only when the two groups were asked to work together to solve a common problem did they warm up to each other. Why? Because they created a new group. You know, and what you see lately about Netanyahu and about Putin and about um, uh, Trump, that they're masters of uh, separate and rule. You know, they're good at differentiating themselves, uh, their group from the other, their base, in a sense. And they've learned that that's what creates the rivalry. So we're kind of stuck in that modality. And that's what's so scary about as we move into the edge of Aquarius. Because, again, the edge of Aquarius, especially with Pluto, which is power in Aquarius, can create more of that separation, not less of that separation. So, again, let's hope something good Uh, will come out of that. Now, if you add the fact that from 2018 until 2026, Uranus, the ruler of Aquarius, the ruler of these groups, is in Taurus, which is values, now they found out that partisan clustering has increased even within households. What they discovered is that in 1965, only about 60% of married couples had the same party registration, meaning that you could be happily married And you're a Republican and you're a Democrat, no problem. Today, the figure is 85%. So it means that 85% of people are uh, in relationships with somebody that belongs to the same group, because otherwise the other group is crazy. But I think that that's also because of Uranus moving into Taurus, which again, Taurus is all about values. So again, I'm really sorry about this whole thing. You know, another um, interesting thing that happened to me this week is that um, I was in Hungary, in Budapest, and it was an amazing visit. It was like going back home. I never suspected that I would be so connected to the city and to the people, even to the language. It's kind of interesting because I'm very sensitive to uh, melodies in languages and how different uh, people Have music to their um, language, and with Hungary, it felt like Hungarian. It felt like I don't, I don't identify any kind of melody. It felt as if it's, it's familiar, even though it's supposed to be a very complicated language to speak. And anyway, the place I actually rent, I actually ended up living in, which was given to me kindly by the organizer, is Lovag Eight. And basically, what it means, when asked, "What does Lovag mean?" It means a night. And it's kind of interesting that I got number eight, because if you know from my book, 2024, uh, the year 2024 is the year eight, the eight, the year of eight Two plus plus two plus four leads up to eight. So in my 2024 book, there's a whole chapter about eight and how eight is magic and synchronicity. So my feeling is that whenever you go for the first time to a city Always pay attention to what is the name of the street, because it could be, especially if you connect to that city, that that's what you were or somehow that's connecting you to what you've done last time. It's kind of like you're calling to that street. And Lovac means a knight. So maybe I was some Hungarian knight. But it's also interesting because the organizer told me because we, I was supposed to go to Hungary in 2019 just because before COVID, it was canceled the last minute. And she told me it was really interesting because you randomly on Airbnb rented a place which is a few buildings down the street on the same name of the street. So somehow I knew that I must be in Lovag. And the only thing is that now it's Lovag 8 because we're in 2024. Back then it was 2019. And the place where I was given to stay, if you look at um, uh, the picture, it's kind of crazy. This is literally from the balcony of where I stayed and you can see the number 8 uh, forming precisely in the architecture. It's kind of an interesting um, building complex. And funny enough, the building complex name is Lord. Uh, so, again, that could definitely be part of my um, uh, connection to Hungary. And remember when I was last week, I talked about, I was in Berlin, I was telling you about this whole uh, thing about Hungarian uh, hero seychenzi And that I never knew again that I will connect so much and all of these synchronicities will happen. And I knew also that I'm very connected to the place because of the drama that happened to me when I tried to leave the place. Uh, That also is a very good indication that the place kind of already, oh, he's back. Great. Let's put some roots in the ground. What happened is I was supposed to take a flight from Budapest, Budapest, sorry, to Zurich, from Zurich to Edinburgh. Because the day after at 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm supposed to be teaching and what happened was I got stuck for an hour and a half in Hungary because of snow, etc. I mean, come on, it's winter and it's January. Of course, there's going to be snow. But for some reason, it really affected Swiss, Air, uh, Swiss Airlines. You know, the whole qu- cl- Swiss clock thing is a myth. But anyway, that meant that I messed my connecting flight from Zurich to Edinburgh. And I started getting a little bit stressed here because I need to be in Edinburgh In the evening, because in the morning at 10 o'clock, I'm supposed to be the first one talking in this conference of four people, and everybody's waiting. So I come to the airport, I rush to the rebooking place. There was a super nice guy there. I started the conversation with telling him, Listen, I know it must be so terrible for you. Everybody hates you, everybody sees you as the embodiment of their problems. He says, Yes, it's true. So we kind of connected. He was really nice. He found me a flight to Frankfurt. And from Frankfurt, I could fly to Glasgow. And from Glasgow, I could get a Uber of uh, 45 minutes an hour to get to Edinburgh. At least I'll get there kind of at 1 a.m. whatever. I'll make it. What happened is, of course, the flight from uh, Zurich to Frankfurt is delayed for an hour and a half. So I missed the connection. So again, needed to be reboot. Again, there was a very nice lady there. And she told me to stay in the hotel in the airport and Live in the morning from Frankfurt to Edinburgh directly. Great. The only problem I was supposed to be teaching the first class. I managed to get there right in time for the last segment. They were nice enough to replace with me, and it turned out to be perfect because the way it worked the eve- the, the whole day it was actually much better that I came at the end and made the conclusion instead of the beginning. So I told the organizer next time, please let me be at the end so this the, all of these synchronicities don't have to happen. That I'm traveling from Budapest to Edinburgh for 30 something hours. So again, I was still, it just happened yesterday. So the fact that I'm still a little bit, um, um, maybe my soul is a little bit jet lagged. Maybe I'm still, literally, I'm still in Hungary because it's kind of my time zone is, is in Hungary now. And I thought the class will start at seven. So again, Sorry. I'm, again, happy that some of you guys made it here and still are here with me. So for you guys, Julia and Daniela and Alena Albena, sorry, and Jessica and Janie and Moon,